Hey guys, Editor Sonic here. Just so everybody knows, the people who were recording this episode are a bunch of potty mouths, and they decided after the fact that they were going to censor all their swears. But, uh, there's a lot of them, so I had to take the liberty to get rid of them somehow. And I did. So, that explains the sounds. Hope you enjoy it anyway. get started? Yeah, I want to get started. Who the f*** are you? Who the f*** am I? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm David Baxter, I'll have you know. Bax? Bax. We just call Bax-dab. him Bax, everyone. It's just true. call him everyone, Yeah, I mean, I do respond to that just casually. I respond to most things, though. Even things that I probably shouldn't. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, if you say that and, like, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm around, and I'll just be like, huh? Is it, what? Oh, no, it's not me. Be like, hey, <laughs> Marxist. <laughs> huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, you're uh, David Baxter. I'll always call you back. And I'm yeah. EB. Hello. EB. It's me. EB. EB. Yeah. And just for a little bit of context, uh, we both went to the same university, graduated. I'm a film student. I have a lot of uh, background in visual, traditional art and writing, filmmaking, obviously. And uh, what did you do, Beck? What did I do, hey? Well, I am a theater major and a, a communications media studies minor. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I literally... just just as a reference, because I'm sure there'll be plenty of points who are like talking about things and get really overly analytical, analytical about small things, and gonna be like, "What are they talking about?" I'm sorry. Yeah, we're both academic. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I like literally. I wrote 36 pages about Sonic the Hedgehog at one point for a critical analysis of pop culture class. I just wrote a huge paper on Watchmen about <laughs> how much it sucked. I hate the Zack Snyder <laughs> film. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that one isn't really loved by many, I, I, it, except for like a certain devout few. It's rough, buddy. It's, it's rough. It's a rough one. Yeah. I, I hear that the HBO one is better, but I really can't vouch for it. I haven't seen it yet. I think it's post main series, like post uh original novel slash film yeah it kind of does its own thing i think yeah yeah so bax what other comics have you read uh so the funny thing is is that the the like the main series comic that i have actually read the most you you might laugh at me i'm gonna have to see your reaction for this but it is my little pony Logging off the call now. <laughs> <laughs> now, before you go, I will have you know that Andy Price as an illustrator is just really f- good. And for some reason, I don't know why, but his comics are just so f- well illustrated that, like, I can't get enough of them. Some of the others are okay, too, but, like, the art style can be really inconsistent with that comic. Mm-hmm. And I collected them for a while, and they're all sitting in a box in storage. Now, is this comic, <laughs> is it based off Friendship is Magic, or is it a yeah. whole oh, other yeah. thing? Oh, yeah, it is, unfortunately. Okay, so you were a brony. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, well, I was definitely caught up in that whole craze. But like, I don't know. It's the year 2020, and that show has ended now. And I, I feel like we can say that it was an okay show and just walk away from that. <laughs> like, I mean, that, I that's think that's perfectly valid as long as you weren't doing yeah. the flashlight in the doll. Oh God, thing. no! I, you know what? I actually went to a convention dressed up as a uh, fucking Big Mac at one point. And I was approached by, and McDonald's? it was an anime convention. Big Mac. Oh no, no, no! He's like this fucking Big Macintosh. Uh, he's this fucking red dude who uh, works with Applejack, <laughs> and uh, he's, he's his brother. Uh, her brother. Sorry. And um, fucking, what am I trying to say? Uh, yeah. So I was at this convention, and uh, basically no one fucking cared or uh really knew who I was. Uh, if they did recognize me, they were kind of like, eh, I don't care about that guy. He's uh, he's a pony. I can't lewd this. Yeah, exactly. But then uh, one guy walked up to me, and he was like so stereotypical brony, like literal fedora, long <laughs> coat, like and down I, to his can knees. Can I roll three for you, man? And you know what he did? I was playing in the board game room, and he sat down next to me and just told me about his OC, and then he joined the next <laughs> round. It's going to be like, did he caress your thigh? <laughs> no, he trapped me in a conversation is what he did, because I was having a great time until he walked up and then inserted himself, and then suddenly I can't get away from him telling me about his Rapidash that he wrote into My Little Pony's universe, and he's telling me this in detailed, intricate story of how this Pokemon? happened. Yes, the Pokemon <laughs> Rapidash, and, and he's telling me this long, complicated story and about her lo like love interest and this and that, and it's like, oh my god, I am playing Catan. Go away. <laughs> I mean, my only experience with the Brony is freshman year of high school. Like, uh, I kind of like group hopped a lot. I didn't have a consistent group, but yeah. you know, I would hang out with like the weebs, <laughs> like like the official like geek slash weebs. I can't even say weeb because the whole school was really into anime because that's when Attack and Titan became a thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was like it was specifically people that were into like My Little Pony and Magic the Gathering and that sort of thing. But there was this one guy. He is probably like smaller than me, like like a little scrawny little guy. He was super sweet and he was like very openly bisexual and that obviously like uh separated him from other men a little bit. Mm -hmm. But he was like super sweet to me and like he would always bring like takeout Chinese food and like share it with me and I'm like Aww. we don't even talk to each other. So he's just I think he just wanted a friend, someone who would sit with him. That's kinda nice. Yeah, like, I, I I definitely did chill with some of the bronies at school, but some of them were kind of like, like, I don't know, I didn't want to hang out with them all the time. <laughs> this guy wore silly bands way past their trendiness. And yeah, it was kind of a yeah. vibe. I kind of respected that even back then, even though, like, he would wear the brony shirts, like the My Little Pony shirts, I'd be like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I never actually did that. I was never like very open about it. I've always kept it on the down low as just something that I've always really loved and just cuz it like whenever I watch the show or read the comics, it brings me back to like being a kid again and just like that sort of innocent adventure story about like a bunch of characters that I just really enjoy. I don't know. Like slice of life stuff. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. Sometimes I go back to quote unquote childish things and we'll watch them. I can't put Ed Ed and Eddie in that box because, like, Ed Ed and Eddie is timeless. 
<laughs> oh no, no, yeah, that's great as an adult too. That's just good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you read any other comics? There is your only experience. <laughs> no, I mean, I have read a lot of others, but uh, a lot of them were web comics. And I know that you uh, you have you have reservations about one of them in particular, which was Homestuck mm. uh, that I did get into a lot in middle school. Uh, I have not like read since then. Really? God, I just, since, I just like, really school. want to call you like a Tumblr snowflake. <laughs> oh, I was. I was 100 percent. I was on Tumblr. Uh, <laughs> I was as well. Were you part of the Super Who Natural or whatever the hell it was called? Super Who Lock? <laughs> you know, I actually did end up watching, I think, all three of those shows. Uh, and I did get a little bit into them just because I like had so many friends that were in the same Tumblr zone that it was like, I can't escape these gifts. I might as well like watch them and give in. I was fully ingrained in it through Tumblr. I tried a few episodes of Supernatural. Yeah. Hated it. <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> I got to like season nine or something like that, man. And I don't know. It it, it kind of like like I I enjoyed the the sort of like oh a scary moment at the beginning and then the brothers going to investigate formula, but um. I mean, I don't for know. me, I was like I tried Supernatural. Hated it. Doctor Who is like sci-fi nerdy in a way I didn't really like because. I'm not really about, like, just having the aesthetic tropes of sci-fi. Like, you really got to, like, convince me to enjoy anything sci-fi. Yeah. And then, uh, Sherlock, Benedinkle Cucumber looks weird as fuck to me, and he always, like, <laughs> gave me weird body horror vibe. <laughs> he sort of looks in, like, a weird way, sort of like a JoJo character. Sort of, like, over-detailed in ways that you don't expect. Oh my god, now there's gonna be a Sherlock Holmes in JoJo. <laughs> I mean, there's already going to be a Sherlock Holmes uh, Phoenix Wright game that's localized. Uh, I saw that on Twitter that people were talking about. Uh, uh, it, it's uh, what 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 was the name that they gave him? Uh, oh oh oh, Herlock Sholmes. They, they're calling uh, it's him Herlock be like Sholmes. Sherlock Homo. No, they're calling him Herlock <laughs> Sholmes because the 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 estate won't let them do the uh, the regular name. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that doesn't fit into Ace Attorney well enough, though. It's like, Are you sure? They always give him like overly aggressive, not at all subtle names. And but that's like, what it is, Sherlock it's... homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like from what I understand, uh, Herlock Sholmes sounds like a f***ing idiot and kind of a dumbass, and so I think it's actually perfect for him. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> he's sort of like a, like an anti Sherlock. Uh. I'm very excited about that, though. I love all those games. And then I, so those, I actually have read those comics. I read manga. Like, uh, I have, like, one uh, Punch Man and, like, a couple others behind me. Um, Are I you read calling manga more. comic books? I'm not saying that they Are you going to start discourse with the anime community? Look, look, I'm just saying that I, if they qualify under the same umbrella term of graphic novels, then I wanted to include them when I was talking about the general list of things. Uh... I mean, to be fair, I've read a ton of manga, and I actually started reading manga really young before comics, even. Yeah. So, like, I get yeah. you. Akira's probably my And favorite. also, it, it is kind of, like, especially if you have, like, the Weekly Shonen series, like, those are just... The, like short little serial comic oh yeah especially like the newer ones that literally are totally inspired by like superhero comic books you mm -hmm. know and they're Not totally to aping the style names, in some ways but... i mean i don't want to like you know point a finger but we all know what i'm talking about i think yeah uh, yeah. yeah one piece 
Yeah, <laughs> How'd you know? The devil fruit, man. But for me, uh, oh man, what was the first comic I read? I think I first picked up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, I won't remember which specific mm. one. I know I read a few of the original 80s comics. I know I read whatever comic was serializing in the early 2000s. Yeah, but that was kind I of did. my thing because I was really into the 2003 cartoon and like when I grow up I want to be a ninja turtle <laughs> like yeah 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 I got my I, black I belt because also... I wanted to be a ninja turtle really that's yeah. awesome I love that <laughs> yo that's sick and like can, Leonardo like... is my favorite but then I got my black belt and then he can start interacting with weapons and I got a post staff and I was like fuck Donatello is best <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The staff is my favorite. I love Donatello so much. You can I... feel. You can feel the murder. Yeah. yeah. That comes with Dude. intent. Uh, I mean, that's the whole point of like uh, Aikido and why they often use uh, poles as well in that fighting style, I believe. It's so efficient. Like, where, where the f*** are you just going to get a katana to get into a fight? Like, I could pick up a broom Nowhere. and beat a guy to death. Hell yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I had those. I uh, I read other little comps as well. Like there was a a comic based off the Teen Titans cartoon. I read some mm. of those. And then there was a spinoff <laughs> of that where the Teen Titans are like little kids because for some reason they have to do that with every successful child franchise. It's like okay, but now they're little kids. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you're, you're reminding me of all kinds of that I used to read too. Like the scholastic book fair would come around and then you get like your captain underpants and you're like uh your mother and animorphs and yeah i, I never experienced the scholastic book fair really oh well i was like only homeschooled for a little bit from fifth grade uh right before fourth grade i think for a little bit too going into sixth grade mm -hmm. but yeah um yeah, but I would okay, go to the public library all the time, like every other day, and they would always have comics and magazines available. So hell yeah, hell yeah! I definitely I, I, read I a lot of Batman. I was that's that's kind of why I have the most knowledge of Batman and like DC in general. Is like those are the comics that I was really into. Like I'd read some Superman, some Flash, and like not into it. I, I never got, like, really into comics. Like, I had some Nickelodeon comic books that I got from the book fair that were pretty fun. Uh, like, the Fairly Odd Parents and <coughs> like that and Spongebob. And I also had, like, uh, I wish that I wrote these down before we uh, actually started going at it. But, oh, I, I, I read a lot of my dad's uh, Spider-Man comics. Like, the original comics uh, from the, the, old, the old, olden times. I played the PS2 game. <laughs> yeah, I love the PS2 game. You on the on the Oh my god. That one was so good. Spider-Man 2. But yeah, I remember very distinctly like uh I read The Killing Joke and Arkham Asylum. Those both Batman series like way too young to really oh. appreciate them or understand what the hell was happening except oh god. Oh dear <laughs> lord. I still haven't read those. I need to go and read them. They're really good. And then most recently I've read Watchmen, which is okay. I already said mm. that. It was okay. The film sucks. <laughs> comic is okay. One of my favorite things is to go into a comic book store and to ask them what is one of the weirdest comic books that you have, and then I, I let them show me to that one. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so I've read a, a couple of very interesting ones. One of them was about like uh, like this language barrier. I forget what it was called. Hey kids, Editor Sonic here to let you know that the comic he was talking about here was Barrier. It's not an Archie comic, and it's definitely not safe for work. But it's a pretty fun little thing from Image Comics, written by Brian K. Vaughn, with artists Munsa Vicente and Marcos Martin. But uh, basically, like, one character was speaking English and the other one was speaking Spanish, and they couldn't understand each other. And so you just had this interesting comic about these people who couldn't understand each other in a foreign world where they were just trying to figure out what was going on. And it was really, really interesting and engaging. That does sound really cool. Yeah. Another one was called Mimetic, which was just like a one-off sort of comic. That about really a meme. Familiar. Yeah, it's super good. It's about a meme that destroys the world. <laughs> it's like this it's like this little sloth that's like doing a thumbs up and smiling. And uh he he gets spread around to every single person in the entire world, and then uh eventually uh everyone ends up sort of becoming an amorphous mass by the end. You'll have to read it to find out how. Incredible. Yeah. So, Zach, what is your history with the man, the legend, the hog, Sonic Maurice Hedgehog? Sonic Maurice Hedgehog, my god. Can we, hold on, before we even get into this, can we talk about that? Maurice. His name is that? Maurice. I knew that, but I didn't know that it was going to be in the f***ing preview comic that you almost made me skip. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell you to skip it. I was like, it's just not that important. <laughs> you like, it's not that important. You don't have to read but, it. But I mean, you've got that. I, it, uh, I, like, I mean, I could have had you uh, read the uh, Sonic Bible in which uh, someone said his name is actually Ogilvy Maurice Hedgehog. Ogilvy? Whoa, I love that. Yo, that's a fucking good deep cut. I want to put that in a trivia night. <laughs> that, uh, that piece of writing is very weird because it's like a inception of sonic sort of thing like as it was first being created like yeah. in a western sense so, like that and like he was raised in a regular hedgehog family and was like originally like a, a normal colored hedgehog and like he grew up in oklahoma or some shit mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and dr eggman or a uh, pentabar robotnik uh raised him and like that's why he suddenly gained powers it's weird man yeah, yeah. So my history with the hog to to sort of transition back into this, uh, I grew up playing Sega Genesis games. It was my very first console that I ever really got my hands on and uh, got to play myself. Uh, I mainly watched my dad play it, play, especially the games like Shining Force and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the one game that I would always play on my own that I knew exactly how to play it was Sonic the Hedgehog. It's easy. You press right and you go. You, it's so much fun. And, like, I, I played the original, the second, the third one, Pinball, uh, with Knuckles, all of them. I, I love it so much. And uh, ever since then, I've been a huge Sonic fan. Even the really bad games, I, I totally love. And they have, like, a deeply, deeply rooted loving place in my heart where I thoroughly trash them and <laughs> <laughs> love them anyway. Uh I mean, yeah. for me, I do think the Archie comics were my first introduction to Sonic. I mean, I know I played the original game pretty late in life. I think I played the original Sonic the Hedgehog as it was released in Sonic Generations. Like, you could walk up to the console and play it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it was, I think it was the Archie comics first because, again, I would like go through the comic bin at the public library. 
and probably <laughs> I love it. I think I, love I told it. you this the other day, but <laughs> Sonic X. Sonic God The anime. The, the anime four kids so anime. I love that anime. Gotta go fast. I we'll watched throw, a few episodes of it like two years ago and I'm like, actually this kinda slapped. <laughs> I know. I want to rewatch it. We'll definitely have to rewatch it at some point during oh my this God, podcast. Special episode, Ubu. Oh, for sure. For sure, somewhere down the line. Uh, we'll have to decide if it's going to be dub or sub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe... <laughs> we, we do uh, want one review for, for one and one review for the other. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. So, Bax, why... Uh... Why are we doing this podcast? What what brings you to the yard aside from Sonic's milkshake? My milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard and they're like, we're gonna get copyright strike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are going on a wonderful journey through the true American classic. That is the Archie Sonic comic book. It is I true mean, American literature. Classic American literature, man. Yes. It's going to be an incredible, wonderful journey. I mean, maybe we're going to do all the Sonic media at some point, but we're going to start with the Archie comics. I mean, definitely when we get to certain points, it's kind of like you got to read the spinoffs because like the main yeah. line will start referencing it and be like, tune in next time and also read the spinoff. You want the other half of the story? Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, like, there's so many games that tie into it as well. It almost feels wrong not to talk about some of the games as they come along in the in the sort of franchise along next to Archie, because it really feels like with X, each new gen generation of Sonic, sort of the, the comic evolves with it in some ways. Mm hmm. And, and I mean, it, it's such a meta thing anyway that, you know, you read these first few comics and they reference constantly the games. So it's kind of yeah. like in order to even fully understand what's happening. Fire up your uh, Genesis kids and turn on and go to Casinoopolis Zone or flip the page. <laughs> I love I mean, like that uh, in this comic. Why specifically the Archie comic? Why? What, what inclined you to be like, I want to go on this journey? Um, well, to be fair, I, my like, avatar actually on Twitch is from the Archie comics, uh, and I don't know what page it's from. So, at <laughs> so you're point, going on a journey to find that specific yeah, image. Yeah, I'm trying to, I want to know where it's from exactly, because I can't find it anywhere on the internet. And li literally, like, this has been something that has bothered me for a while now, because the original image I deleted, and it had, like, a little bit of yellow. And so it's, like, it's transparent now for my emote on Twitch. But like the original, I can't find it, so I don't know what he re like his pose was or anything like that. And so I want to find it, and and I want to see the full Sonic from my my Twitch avatar. Uh, but I mean, for other reasons, I want to watch it because read it because like I've always seen the comic uh, around growing up, and I've always wanted to read it and get more into it. I just never had the money to get into it. And now that the internet is here and there are ways to access these things, then I uh, I can actually like experience the entire thing from front to back and i just really like sonic as a media franchise and I, I'd, I'd like to experience the, sort full of experience the full grasp yeah there's so many things that are only in the comics so many characters that are loving oh like, hundreds yeah like <laughs> i i just there's so many that like uh, i i know that 
fans really really appreciate like in mods you know they'll they'll throw them in like cream and you know uh, ray and mighty and and characters that don't really get a lot of love in the main series that uh, do get a lot of love in the comics and get fleshed out in full stories i want to know what they're about i want i want to know i want to get to know them you know and I'm here to guide you because I'm the Archie comic expert. I read all 290 issues growing up. So why are you doing this again to yourself? To be <laughs> honest, I mean, it's kind of one of those nostalgia things where I'll have an inherent appreciation for it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the media of Sonic that specifically I enjoyed the most because... I mean, let's be real here. Even growing up, it wasn't like this is the epitome of storytelling. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there was an appeal to it that it was like so schlocky and batshit insane and so much <laughs> melodrama and like art style changes violently depending on the issue. Yeah, no, for real. Like that's something that I noticed when I was looking at this in a actual comic book store uh i would just like pick up a random issue and be like oh well this is from uh like sonic adventure battle 2 and then i pick up another issue and then it was like oh well this is around sonic generations then i pick up another issue and then it was like oh well this is around the genesis era and mm -hmm. i can immediately just tell from the art style and then you pick up a ken penders issue and then you're like oh <laughs> <laughs> so yeah kind of like part of it as well as like i've always wanted to share the experience of archie sonic with someone because oh my god even no context, like panels and images, like you don't understand how it's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's so much going on here and it went on for so long, so consistently that there's just such a rich history here. If you ever have tried to look through the Sonic wiki, it is a treasure. Oh my God. Of, it's, of people it's like just epic. desperately. It like yeah, has just, a, an entire Wikipedia dedicated to itself there's so much there's so much and each character like actually comes back even insignificant ones are like re referenced in later issues and like oh you see we have uh 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 or orbanot is featured in this early scene here for the first time and actually he comes back in a later sequence in order and to, that's uh, why to I hunt. Was like uh the other day it's <laughs> like no you got you gotta like take note of all the characters because even like the weirdest this is only yeah. going to be a one-time thing in a random, like, little vignette of 1992 comic. Like, no, you'll probably see that character again in some minor way, at least. Is Betty Butterfly going to come back? I think she does. Hmm. And she was a character that I saw, and I was like, that's the most forgettable character I've ever seen in a comic. Yeah, She's do you just like a butterfly how that's like, oh, a literal Sonic. butterfly with a face on it? Oh, Sonic, you gotta get, help, help me, Sonic, help, help me. No, that was her whole character. But yeah, uh, definitely I think Archie is important in a lot of ways for uh, the Sonic franchise. Because like, it's also sort of the beginning of narrative in the franchise. Like, uh, mm -hmm. this comic started in 92. And then the uh, Statum series, like the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon started in 93. And you'll see a lot of the same like plot elements. Uh, original characters etc and they took heavy inspiration from each other but this comic was first and uh a certain writer we're not quite who, there yeah, yet yeah. but you'll really see when uh, a certain already. writer picks it up and uh starts developing a narrative mr ken <laughs>
Assert and Henderson. I the cannot man, the wait. Legend. I'm literally like biting my. Those intro comics are so nice because they're just like, here's everyone in a big page uh, lineup. Here's uh, uh, Buzz Bomber and Crab Meat. And did you know that this guy's name is Cater Killer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose the miniseries is important. I, I mean, kind of my thing is like, you don't gotta read them because it's just kind of like, here's this character, here's this character, here's this. And it's like, not really pertinent to the mainline comics, but it does, like, I guess, fully ground them better. It also explains Sonic's motivation to get Uncle Buck back Uncle and Buck? to get his dog back. Uncle Buck, isn't that his name? You mean Chuck? Chuck. I said Buck because my friend Sir is Buck. Sir Charles Hedgehog? <laughs> is there a Buck in this series? Is there, is there a Bucky Sonic Hedgehog? Sonic with mustache? <laughs> oh, my God. I hope that there's, like, a Buck-toothed, like... <laughs> Hedgehog name. Well, because also the thing with the miniseries is it develops a bunch of like these little like plot points and origins that all get immediately retconned, so none of it is pertinent. That is true, and also Sally just has blonde hair for one no reason in the first issue. Yeah, just in the number zero, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just blonde for some reason, and then in the next issue, Sonic is like, eh, "I prefer you as a brunette." And she's like, "Which person's brunette?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, well, she's, she doesn't even know. She's like, I, I, I wonder if he prefers me as a brunette. And, and then he's like, and oh, like, man, I wonder if And, like, in his thought bubble, he's like, mm, I prefer brunettes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sonic, uh, don't be horny on Maine. You're, like, 10. <laughs> no, he is. He's a simp. He's a straight-up simp. He's a simp he's... for Sally. He's not really a simp. He's, like, a total f boy, and that only develops more in the series. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's true. But, um... We are going to be going through all of the different authors throughout the years, and we're also going to be covering all kinds of different media. We mentioned earlier cartoons and anime, potentially the games that are pertinent to the era, and, and yeah. So Yeah, but like wanna... right now, we're pretty, uh, it's the beginning, you know, it's not a yeah. huge, like, uh, bestseller comic or anything yet. They're really, uh, trying to find their, uh, foundations, so, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's just comics right now. Yeah, in this in these first couple of issues, it is definitely like it, it's going for like a little bit of a story just to kind of to set up, but it's such a gag comic. I mean, there's puns everywhere. Like, yeah, you can absolutely tell when it goes from one writer to the next because uh, Mike uh, Gallagher, the writer for these first issues, he's like a total gag writer, and his father was a uh, successful gag comic writer, so. Mm hmm. You'll definitely tell when it's no longer brighter. Oh, you know what else is interesting? The hmm. the 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 prologue comic also establishes uh, Sonic's love of chili dogs. Yeah. And I had never realized that it was that early established in the in the the Sonic canon. Is this the first instance of him enjoying chili dogs? I'm not sure. I mean, probably because I don't know what other media. <laughs> Hey guys, Sonic here. Just want to say that the chili dog was actually an object that first appeared in the Sonic the Comic series published by Fleetway Editions. I think that was like in Britain or something. I don't, I'm pretty sure there isn't other media that uh, establishes that because, again, these comics were before the cartoon. So. Yeah, and, and, and so. the backstory there is the reason why he loves him so much is because of Sir Charles the Hedgehog, a.k.a. Uncle Chuck, 
Yeah, his uncle run a chili dog stand. Chuck's chili dogs with his good old friend Mutsky. Uh, Yeah, like I totally forgot for a while. Just saw (laughs) it's like the weirdest. Like, what? What is? At what extent is like a? Is it like a free anthropomorphic animal considered like sentient in a person? Yeah, it's the Sonic the Hedgehog. It's the Pluto dilemma. Dog. Yeah, yeah, it's the (laughs) Pluto dilemma. It's like, like, okay, we're all anthropomorphic animals except for you. I guess you're just an actual animal. Which actually, I say that I say that not to hint anything, but (laughs) if you can ask a question about something it probably gets brought up in a really f-ing weird way later on oh no i mean that's that totally <laughs> seems to be the case because this comic seems to be weirdly obsessed with its own history at least in these early stages where it'll constantly reference itself yeah uh, i see a lot of people like discuss like modern sonic and how meta it is but it's been super meta since the beginning the first issue the inaugural issue has a thing where he's like we're into the Sonic the Hedgehog comic. It's named after me, idiot. <laughs> and yeah, like, the, and then he's like, we're going to the, uh, what is it, the chemical zone? So uh, boot up your Genesis and play Sonic 2 or turn the page. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. That's so cool, though. I, I love, like, how 90s it is <laughs> with the marketing. <laughs> also, I, I feel like i got to mention... uh. This comic series, the Archie comic series, does have a accolade under its belt. Does it? 290 issues over uh, 20 years. So I think in 2015, it got the like Guinness World Record for the longest running comic book based off a franchise. Hmm. Does it still maintain that? No, because I believe it ended in 26. Hey, I'm still the longest running comic book series based on a video game. Oh, that is correct, because it was taken over by IDW or someone like that. Yeah, Sega and Archie ended their uh, contract, their collaboration together, so uh, they can agree. Mm-hmm. Ten issues before number 300. That's always funny to me. <laughs> wow, so they almost made it, and then they just... Oh, sorry, guys. I had to go. I had to go. Goodbye. My planet needs me. Uh, we also have an artist that does uh, most of the work, it seems like, for these first bunch of issues, uh, pen- for yeah, pencils, Yeah, Dave Manick. Yeah, Dave Manick. I like his art. I think it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's pretty solid. Uh, I think I mentioned this to you last night, but, you know, it's very bold art style. Like, it sticks out. The colors are good. The art style is good. Yeah. It's not always consistent in, like, character model, but, like, you look at a panel from Sonic, and you can tell it's sonic even if like there isn't like a furry character in panel yeah and it's interesting how he draws him in a sort of way that he's interpolating from the genesis uh depictions of him so he draws him with like these like very flat sort of spines coming out of his back that look like razor blades almost mm-hmm. uh it's short really and chunky yeah yeah very short and chunky he's a chunky boy i mean they're they're all very young in this they're not like age they're they're not specifically named the age but i think they're kind of ambiguously like young around maybe eight or so yeah but kind of established later on like this is like their kid at this time Mm -hmm. which also you can't really take anything as like full canon because anything and everything can get retconned at any given moment for what it's worth it's canon now 
<laughs> and then it will get retconned yeah, later. Yeah, they're, they're kids. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of here, though, that like is established that uh, will carry on throughout all of the other issues. For example, uh, a lot of the different characters. characters. Yeah. Uh, so we should probably just start right there. We we have. I mean, like... there's a lot of characters that are uh, only in this comic or the uh, Satum cartoon mm. that like most people don't even know, and they're like, no, they're mainstays in the comic series, though they're regulars. Yeah. Uh, that's who I. That's how I felt about a lot of these guys. I felt I felt like when I first saw them, like who the f are these, these folks, and then you told me like, oh well, they're there forever. Get used to them. Uh... <laughs> I mean. Don't act like you were offended. You were no, like I wasn't immediately, offended. I like Bunny Rabbit. No, no, for sure. Like, I wasn't offended. It was just, like, weird because, I don't know, like, Boomer is this walrus uh, whose name is changed later to just Rotor. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I, he, I don't know. He looks like he, he's like a McDonald's character or something. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, the Hamburglar? Yeah, he looks like he fits in with that crew, you know? Like that I mean, OG it's also kind of interesting because uh, the rest of the franchise, Tails is kind of like the smart one, the engineer, the mechanic, all of that. But yeah. uh, in the oh. comics, at least for a solid several years, it's actually Rotor. Yeah, that's very interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. Rotor is the one who's doing all the building and mechanics and stuff. And then Tails is like f***ing off being an idiot. and like Tails is, Tails is kind of like this like goofy snarky little brother character yeah, as yeah. of now yeah yeah yeah. which that doesn't totally go away but like he'll develop and mature he'll like start to become a mechanic but he'll become a real man a real yeah fox. i got him got i also really like bunny a lot i love bunny bunny is so cool be especially because like her backstory is like kind of messed up especially when you're reading it for the first time because like this bunny just gets put actually put into like the the robotifier that like Robotnik keeps threatening to put people in, and you never actually get to see the effects of it. But then you get to see oh, somebody yeah, like that's half actually that's actually like a very important uh, thing in these comics is uh, Doctor Robotnik, and you got to call him Doctor Robotnik for these initial scenes until there's a. It'll be very clear when you cannot call him that anymore, but uh, it's a main plot point that he has this thing called the roboticizer. So yeah. he's like trying to build this empire of robots. He can actually like put like living beings in this machine and turn them into robots. And, and Bonnie had both of her legs and an arm put into this thing. And then like he was yanked out by Sonic in like the last Yeah, she moment. was like pulled out halfway through and saved. Yeah, yeah. And, and then that gave her like super strength in her arms and legs. And also she's a fucking hare who's a hairdresser. Which I got just like just this morning, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really like her uh, throughout the comic. Like she has a strong presence. She also has like the uh, southern thrill going on. Yeah, she's kind of got this like. Don't like, even ride her. Yeah. She she's really Sonic sugar hog. <laughs> and she like saves Sonic's ass a lot of times when he gets too cocky. Yeah, she's uh, she's fun. I like her a lot. She's confident. She's kind of the Southern Belle sort of thing going on. I think I uh, hinted at you loosely uh, things that happen in the future with rabbits. I'm so scared. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if we, we got, should say we've anything. Got her, <laughs> we've got Rotor the Walrus. We've got Antoine de Coulet. 
Antoine de Coulette is such a ponce. He's so funny. I I like kind of love him, but I also kind of hate him. You know? I mean, I, that's kind of the on and off of him. He's he's interesting to see throughout this series. And like these early uh these early ones like uh he has like a loose French accent, but like they yeah. really hone in on it later on, which is really funny cuz like uh <laughs> so this princess Sally Acorn. And they're all part of like the same like uh kingdom the kingdom yeah. of knothole the knothole and it's really funny antoine de coulette because like they're part of this established kingdom and yet inexplicably this one guy has a french accent. yeah it's just like he showed up and then became their army person and just started like imitating like either he's imitating or he's actually from france like i, I don't know i just love that That's it's just really just, funny you don't need an explanation for it it's just good <laughs> but it's like uh we also here get like one of the most important characters like one of the main main characters in the entire comic series is princess Sally acorn oh <laughs> i thought it'd be the nerves yeah yeah it's the nerves yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> the nerves are like a, a subterranean people that like live underground and they have to like negotiate with them, and they become official uh, nerds, which I guess are supposed to be like nerds. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're subterranean. I nerds. mean, even the comic that they're in is called like Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Sally is like really important, and I find her to be a very interesting character. She's kind of ditzy a little bit in these first comics, but uh. You'll come to find out, like, uh, she's the leader of the Freedom Fighters, which is already established, but, like, she's, like, yeah. the brains of the operation, pretty much. I didn't realize that, and I also didn't realize that she was, like, a princess. They call her princess! <laughs> well, I mean, she actually, like, wears a crown every once in a while, too. It's only when she really wants to get her way. Yeah, that's, uh, that's also a major uh, thing with her, is, like... Uh, a weird you want this part of the role writing. of princess because, yeah. like, she's also like a leader of like the rebellion, and there was actually that part early on where like she goes off on her own and like writes a proclamation to Sonic, like, "Don't save me, idiot! I'm going to get captured on purpose to figure out how the robotifier works." And uh, she goes and gets captured, but he doesn't like read the entire thing because he's a fast, impulsive idiot. And he just yeah. saves her, and he's like, "Why, why are you angry at me, princess? Why aren't you happy that we saved you as mission success?" And, and then she's Which like, "Actually, for 1992, yeah. she's actually a very well-written female character." Yeah, not bad. I don't mind her. I think that she's a lot of fun. She doesn't have. She has some moments where I feel like she lacks not some agency. Perfect. Not, not perfect, definitely. Like having the thought bubble of like, "Oh, I hope he likes brunette." Like, oh yeah, like she's totally coded to be the girlfriend character for Sonic, and like that's sort of, I don't always love that. I mean, she's the only canon lover of Sonic the Hedgehog. Is that of, like, the entire series, the entire franchise? Amy is just a wannabe girlfriend. Never actually. She gets never with gets with her. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Like, like she's the main romantic interest through the franchise, but like they never get together. I mean, I guess if there's going to be one person, then it would be, like, the leader of the f***ing Freedom Fighters, right? Because Sonic has that those high f***ing standards. 
Sonic's a boy, and I can't wait for you to experience how far that goes. <laughs> God, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that, like, he's gonna, his personality is gonna vary wildly from, like, innocent jokester, prankster, pun master, to, like, wildly rude asshole, to, like... I mean, later dude. in the series, he f threatens to kill a man. <laughs> God, whoa! That's awesome! <laughs> like, holds, like, like, gets pissed and, like, holds him out an airplane and's like, I'm gonna f***ing drop you. <laughs> gonna drop you! Gonna f drop you! It's like that scene from, like, Batman where he holds, like, the guy off the building and he's like, I'm gonna f***ing drop you, guy. Unless you tell me where to go. And then he, like, drops him a little bit and then he catches him. I mean, it is very interesting because I think you got a kind of a <laughs> hint of a character later on that's Sonic but also not Sonic and there's a... Not a well-written character by any stretch, not really done very well, not very interesting, but, like, what he does in regards to, like, what Sonic will do is interesting. Mm, Let's mm. just say Sonic will start making some bad decisions. He, he seems to be fairly impulsive. If there was one hubris that he had, it's that he goes too fast sometimes. I mean, I, I mean... I would say Archie Sonic is kind of my favorite interpretation of Sonic's character because I feel like he's the most fleshed out. Like, he'll be a f***ing dick if he wants to be. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of part of the thing is he's kind of a sometimes. He's kind of a braggart. He kind of just does things just to show off. Yeah, and it kind of gets a little worse. Like, he'll get, like, genuinely pretty arrogant. And, like, that'll hmm. be, like, a mainstay. Like, he'll still be heroic. He'll still, like, make decisions that he thinks are right but like he'll start to get really arrogant and like overly smarby and like at times holier than thou and like it pisses people off <laughs> one thing that i noticed a lot in these early issues are just like the one page panels that are sort of like goofs where it would sort of be like sonic playing tennis with himself or something or or sonic doing this by himself and it, it it's like weird because he's bragging but it also makes it feel like it's super lonely yeah, because, like, he doesn't really have anyone else, really. Like, he has a few little friends, and, like, they're underground, which they don't, they don't haven't really established very well yet, either. Like, they kind of, like, talk about it a little bit. But uh, the whole kingdom of Knothole is, like, underground, hidden mm -hmm. from Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. It's like, their base of operation. It's, like, hidden inside the forest in a stump. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and uh, there was one character that, before I move on to the enemies, we should name, and he's a very important character that I'm sure will come back. It's Thorny the Duck. Uh, I, I, I fucking skimmed through the comics, and I already don't remember him. <laughs> yeah, I, that's great. Great news. It said at the end of the issue, please write in if you want to see more Thorny the Duck, and I guess no one, no one wrote in. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't mean the character won't reappear because uh they don't care that's true that's true i it was just like a random duck that they brought in but like they, they were afraid for a while that he was going to be a robot because that's how uh robotnik do is he turns small cute animals into robots and sends them in as spies to try to like get inside the kingdom mm -hmm. and then i you already mentioned them but the nerbs the, the nerbs the early issue you have like a so like they go underground and they find this underground society of I think they're mole rats. They're supposed to be mole rats. Unclear. They're called the Nerbs. They're sort of like they like smurfs. all they all dress nerdy and act holier than thou. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And like they're never super important, but they are recurring. 
That's interesting. So they're just sort of like a, they're not like an antagonist. They're sort of like this neutral element, sort of like Switzerland. Uh, that sort they of. Kind of they, they, they pretty much are just right? like, don't talk to us. Please. No, we're isolationists. Don't touch us. No. Get out of here. Dirty outsiders. <laughs> yeah. They really are just like a, a tiny underground Switzerland. Yeah, and then there's a whole lot of f named villains, like uh, more than there are like actual like hero <laughs> characters. Yeah, uh, I I added a lot of them in here, uh, as many of them as I could find, but I'm sure that I missed some. We probably missed some friends here as well. Uh, Which I mean, a lot of them are like in the initial like games, like uh, yeah, oh yeah, like crab meat. He's just like the crab bot. Uh, yeah, it's basically just killer. naming the enemies. Yeah, Jaws is like the guy who jumps up from like the water. Uh, Motobug, he's like the the guy with the wheel that's like a bug. Uh, Splash. I mean, is, like, sort of the unique ones that you bunny. see are uh, coconuts. Coconuts. Grounder. Well, coconuts is actually from the game. Is he? Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. He's from the very first uh, level. He's on a palm tree and he's uh, throwing coconuts off of the tree. Oh. Yeah, I haven't played the original game in so long, but uh, Scratch and Grounder, I know, are in the cartoon at the time. Nice. But they're, uh, they're unique, they're interesting, they have very iconic designs to end up being such minor characters. Yeah, for sure. I There's a lot of good character designs that I just really enjoy. <laughs> uh, like the... We also got like buzz bombers. We got uh, orbinots that we mentioned earlier, ball hogs, and uh, the SWAT bots are actually very iconic. The I feel SWAT like. bots are reoccurring and they're hilarious to me. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen the memes. I have seen one very specific meme, which I'm very excited to finally see in canon, which is the no fun. No meme. furries allowed. <laughs> no, is that is that what you changed to? <laughs> Because the one that I always saw was the no fun allowed, and it would get posted anytime somebody was being an Yeah. So I got them, and then uh, Hal and Al, they pop up like years later as a, as a coy little reference. I love that. I was going to say, they show up twice in the early issues, and they show up for one of my favorite sort of meme moments that I ended up taking which was this, like, very good Yikes Sonic, where he goes, Yikes, and it's a zoom-in of his eye. Uh, yeah, what I really like is the super tricky, like, uh, large panel they do of it as he's, like, falling through because they're yeah. horizontal and vertical. It's also one of the very few panels where you can see upside Sonic's nose. Wow, must I don't be know really if, important to you. Yeah, no, I, I, don't know, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you ever noticed that, but it's a, it's a good angle. <laughs> but then there's two very important villains, uh, which, uh, first of all, there's Pseudo-Sonic, which is uh, a Sonic made of metal, a robot that tries to go and, uh, you know, take the place of Sonic. Sure, that won't reoccur at any other point in the franchise. I'm, that's a that's a very unoriginal idea. I'm sure that they'll they'll never do it again. Uh, they yeah, really got it out it. of their system here. But uh, then uh, there's someone <laughs> who I don't know if you know him at all. I think I had to tell you his name, but uh, Snively? Snively. Yeah, is he like the the little like like weird like long nosed small man that accompanies? Yeah, so he's Doctor Robotnik's yeah. nephew. 
And he's actually a major antagonist throughout the comic as well. Now, and is... like, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's a mainstay antagonist. I think he's uh, pretty interesting because uh, I, I think comics and uh, story arcs where he's like the main villain are pretty interesting. He's uh, I feel like Doctor Robotnik at times can get really uh, trapped in like what his role is as a character he's whereas so these uh, comic only villains really get to be explored more yeah they get more depth and complexity rather than just being a completely evil being hell bent on the complete and utter destruction and pollution of the earth mm -hmm. and I, th I think you kind of get a feeling for it in these early comics but Snively works for his uncle and hates him i love that <laughs> and it makes an interesting dynamic i i now this is kind of weird to ask and i i don't know we can cut this maybe but is, is he like did you get a vibe that it was sort of like in like maybe a little bit of an anti-semitic caricature did you get that vibe mm -hmm. i mean Really? I mean, I'm not sure. Are, are you trying to say, like, he has a big nose? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought about that. Like, like the big nose kind of subservient pseudo-villain that is sort of, like, underneath, I mean, like, the big man. I don't know. I can definitely see where you get that reading. And then there's also, like, I told you, there's some uh, Nazi <laughs> references yeah, later Yeah, because you told me series. that. Now I'm, like, reading into everything. I'm like... <laughs> I it's, don't think that was necessarily intentional. I think it's kind of the uh, you I, I overly you overly emphasize certain features on villains to make them like look gross and inhuman. I, but the thing is, is that this comic is already very like fat shamey, and so I wouldn't be surprised if it was like also just like a little bit sort of on the low key without really thinking about it. Anti Semitic. But facts. But facts. Sonic's dog has a Jewish name. <laughs> Mutsky. Hey, Mutsky, get over here! Mutsky! <laughs> hey, hey, Mutsky! <laughs> well, that's why, that's why Robotnik transformed it right away. He had to, he had to transform it. <laughs> he had to transform Sonic's non-sentient Jewish dog. But Mutsky's a robot dog now! He's my robot dog! Oh, man. Christ. But yeah, oh, you're, I think you'll, I think you'll uh, really start to like Snively as a villain, just because, uh... You know, he's not super deep, but, like, he's just a whole other level of trash in a way that's, uh, it's great. I like the idea that he's sort of, like, like where, where Eggman, or sorry, not Eggman, Robotnik is sort of, like, the alpha. He's sort of, like, the beta, and he's sort of, like, like... Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, totally Stepped subservient. On, subservient, but, like, also evil in a different way. Yeah, it makes him interesting, because, like, he's the, yeah, total, like, I don't want to spoil it too much. Let's just say he's he's a fun time. And yeah. also, we don't get to see my favorite villain of all Sonic until, like, the 130s. Oh, really? So it'll be a while. Is he Scourge? He's a... <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I saw no, Scourge, and I can't wait for Scourge. He's actually in the comics. In the comics, he's uh, the arch nemesis of Knuckles. <gasps> Ooh, interesting. I'm excited for that. I have no idea what that's going to be. Yeah, I love him so much. And he's, like, honestly the most successful villain. Okay. You know, there's actually two villains that we did forget to name. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they were Burrowbot and Cluck, who uh, go by those names in the sort of intro comics and then later are sort of rebranded to be, I think, Scratch and Grounder. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard those names before, uh, they are like the, the, the chicken-based robot and like the drill tank robot. And... They're twins, but not identical. Yeah. They like say that or something. Yeah, yeah. They're partners in crime. Uh, they always I mean, party together. I mean, they'll be together. brought up again, and you'll see them throughout the series. But again, it's kind of a shame they have such iconic designs and that are so rarely mentioned. Yeah, and I, I recognize these folks specifically from the cartoon, just from the snippets that I've seen. I know for a fact that they are in the cartoon as well. Yeah, and they have like a pretty... uh. They have kind of that uh, silly slapstick thing always going for them. Like, these initial comics are all very slapstick, but these two villains especially, like, like, they have, like, the uh, tall, thin one, and then the short, stout one, like, the smart one, the dumb one. They have that dynamic going on. Like a Moe and Curly a little bit. Yeah. I really, really love it. Uh, Whenever they're they're on screen, I I just have a good time, I feel like. Their designs are just fun. Hmm. Which also, I feel like it's uh, Dr. Robotnik in this uh, version, these early comics, is very different from a lot of people expect of uh, the so-called Dr. Eggman. Yeah, I mean, he's I He's very don't... goofy, he loses very easily, he's very slapstick, he lets his own minions, like, make bad jokes at him and doesn't, like, scold them or anything. Yeah, he wants to be called your blubberness and, like, RBV. I think that's, like, Robotnik Belly Vision. <laughs> <laughs> they have that one sequence where f***ing Rotor dresses him and he dresses as Rotor and they're, and they're like... Oh, yeah! Both, they're both chonkers and that's kind God. of a bunch, like... Yeah, it's just because, like, they're both chonky and so they they can both disguise as each other, I guess. And so they have, like, the, the part that every comic or, or cartoon does where they're taking off a mask and they do it endlessly. Uh, yeah, or, like, a Robotnik, like, peeks out the window and is like, how can Rotor be so obese? Who just lets that happen to themselves? <laughs> God damn, dude. <laughs> Which actually kind of gets into, like, uh, there's a lot of references, like, yeah. not just of other Sonic media in this. but yeah. Uh, we can definitely get into that. You want to just? I mean, my favorite, one. my favorite is the f-ing James Cagney thing where Rotor <laughs> is like, "I'm going to impersonate Doctor uh, Robotnik," and he's like, "I can also do a great James Cagney impression." And so I was like, "Wait, no, don't, don't be James Cagney." <laughs> <laughs> that's so. That's such a deep cut. And explain to people who that is for people that don't know James Cagney. James Cagney is a famous American actor. He's of the uh, golden age, I guess you could say. He's uh, best known for playing a gangster. Gotcha. Okay. So he, uh, his most famous role was The Public Enemy in 1932. And he has this uh, famous scene in it where he grapefruits someone. As in, like, he's with his girlfriend and he slams a grapefruit in her face. And that <laughs> scene... That specific scene is considered the inciting incident for the production code, which heavily censors Hollywood for decades. No way. Was it because, like, she got hurt? Or is it, like, just, like, the violence No, of it? it's, just, it's just, like, any implication of violence against a woman. So it's, it like, it's not, like, violent. He doesn't hurt her. He's just, like, she's being snarky, and he just, like, smacks the grapefruit into her face. <laughs> that so funny, though. So it's so hilarious. Good. It's not actually that violent at all, but, you know, it's 
the 30s. I just love the idea of just with that specific term, grapefruiting, especially to distance it from another version of grapefruiting that (laughs) (laughs) I happen to uh, know about. I wanted to share this with you because I believe every man should get grapefruited. Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. It's really funny. It's like, do you mean the grapefruit scene or the grapefruit scene? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot of other really good references here, too. Uh, there's, like, one panel where Sonic is comparing himself to a lot of other things and, like, explaining how fast he is and, like, his different sort of speed levels. And uh, he's, he's like, I can go I can go faster than uh, Carl Lewis, track and field Olympic athlete. And, yeah, they, uh, like, reference uh, people that were... Known in pop culture of the time, famous yeah. people of the time. I'm faster than Richard Petty, uh, <laughs> which was really funny. I, they didn't actually say Richard Petty. They 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 said Richard King, uh, mm-hmm. and then they had him in the 43 NASCAR, which I mean, that's, you know, Richard Petty. Uh, mm-hmm. There was also, like, a really weird reference where Rotor just, like, randomly... Uh, while they're, they're singing yeah. Swing Low Sweet Chariot. <laughs> Which is a traditional African-American spiritual song, and they do that while they're like under duress after I think one of them is kidnapped or something. <laughs> I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's one of those songs that's like used in reference to like when you see like uh, prisoners, like prisoners of old with like the uh, pickaxes like swinging and they're like singing a song. I think yeah. that's one of the songs that will be used in that sort of sequence. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a but part. What I really liked is Botman. Botman, what the f- is Botman? He was like Iron Man and Batman at the same time. Because <laughs> also, there's that. There's the fact also that he's golden, and uh, there's this reference to a specific superhero, which I see surprisingly often, and yet I never really see people identify. Is uh, a lot of people think Superman was the very first superhero in 1938. Mm-hmm. He's not. The very first superhero, like, known from 1931 and is Japanese. It's called Golden Bat. Really? I totally so, like, if you look that. up Golden Bat, like, you'll see, like, there's a lot of visual similarity. And it's, like, uh, I don't know, just the way Botman is designed, like, in the gold color. I'm, like, is this, is this a Golden Bat reference? Because, like, I'm used to, like, seeing really weird Golden Bat references. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I found uh, a couple of interesting... There's two Wolverine references and two TMNT references. I don't know if you caught I that. I love the Ninja Turtle reference where they're running in the sewer and the Ninja Turtles are back. Yeah, that's, that's the really good one. I, that, that one's in the main comic. I, I love that one. I'm trying to find the other one real quick because I did also uh, grab a snippet of it. The Steve Urkelbot. The Steve Urkelbot. Yeah, let's talk about the Steve Urkelbot for a second. Because why the f***? Okay, hold on. I'm going to read out this comic just verbatim because holy f***. It seems like there's been a slight miscommunication glitch. Uh, instead of sending a Wolverine bot, they sent in a Wolverkelbot. <laughs> and then, like, the f***ing Steve Urkelbot is, like, twisting his fingers and snapping, and he's got, like, these oversized glasses and, like, these, like, large black eyes with a single white dot in it's the middle. It's so good. And, like, these, like, this, like, I, I mean, it looks like just, like, I, I, the only way I can describe it is, like, it's so, sort of minstrelly with, like, the f***ing, uh, like, smile that he's got going on that's like super large and imposed and like i don't know it's just so and then he goes uh another robotnik rule broken no laughing 
Uh, and then Sonic goes, hmm, your voice sounds familiar. Bah, this isn't helping my image. I just need a superhero. Oh, this is the one where he's like trying to find different superheroes. So it's full of a bunch of different references. But like, mm-hmm. I just, oh my God, that, that whole sequence there, it, it just. I will say what I really appreciate about these early comics oh. is like, these are where the first narrative are for Sonic pretty much. And. You know, a lot of other Sonic media takes inspiration in some level. And, like, for example, Sonic is supposed to be the 90s cool kid, even in the modern era. They attempt to do that. But they try to, like, make him snarky and, like, witty, and it never works. But the fact that the writer here is a genuine, like, gag comic writer, and, like, he has a legacy of that in his family, like, when Sonic says something snarky, like, it really, like, gets an actual laugh, and, like, the references are actually pretty solid. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Like, I don't know. He actually does feel very jokey and prankstery in this one, and he kind of gets off a bunch of really funny pranks. Uh, or, you know, just destroying things. That's I like he actually. He has some pretty smart-ass insults, and a lot of them are like, that's pretty funny, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have this it's one like the right 90s here. and like there's like the fat shaming and the fat jokes but like <laughs> there is something to be said about them still being able to make like pretty like insulting insults back in the time because that actually gives some punch to what's being said can I read out this one quote oh from, the, from issue 9 go for it I don't want to go out on a limb but I would like to get the, the root of Sally's problem. I'd be a sap if I decided to leave. <laughs> As Forrest, that's concerned, I'll try to cedar this thing through for sure. If not, I'll be pining and weeping. I'd much rather take a, what is that, a bush oak? <laughs> God. Yeah, that's just, it's so different when you have a genuine, like, comedy writer, like, trying to write snark. Like, it comes across different. It almost reads like a screwball at times. I actually saw that panel uh, rewritten to say, I want shorter games with worse graphics made by people who are paid more to work less and I'm not Oh, kidding. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so seeing the original quote and knowing that it was just a mess of tree puns makes me very happy. Yeah, God, what else is there? I mean, the Chaos Emeralds are already immediately a concept, but I think you kind of saw they're very different in these initial early comics, and that's actually a major plot point you'll see. Mm-hmm. It's okay. like you have, like, a, what are they called? The Freedom Emeralds on the uh, Royal Crown of Acorn. Yeah. They have that, and then, like, uh, they'll show, like, Sonic uses seven chaos emeralds to like transform and like they're all green (laughs) yeah 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 that's true he does like and that's like a weird thing too where he's like ah good thing i stashed these chaos emeralds and a bunch of rings right here and now i can enter this special zone and warp i don't think they ever (laughs) properly explain the rings like i i think they're just supposed to be like a well, that's how the game that works. exists in the world because chaos exists in the world, and it's like a physicality of that. I, I guess sure. that's don't, true. Don't quote me on that. They never but did the explain emeralds that. definitely take note of how many emeralds there are because they're not like randomly like retconning. It is pertinent to the fact there are many different emerald types, and they're all green. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and I found let's the just, other. Let's place just say that... they do something different with the Chaos Emeralds than in other media. Gotcha. I found the other place, by the way, that uh, they reference both uh, TMNT and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's mm -hmm. right towards the end in Mini Two. Uh, there's a Wolverine reference where uh, Robotnik like pulls out Wolverine claws. And he says, mm -hmm. uh, the panel says, Sonic has no villains who are mutants. And then Robotnik says, don't be so sure. <laughs> and uh, the other one is uh, number six. Nor does this title really rely on guest stars to help book sales. And then he says, scram, turtles. Sheesh, we're only trying to help. And then they actually come back later, which is really funny. <laughs> See, I like that you took specific notes of these references. And like my own notes, I just say, God, what do I say? Issue number five, Sonic's feet. Sonic's feet. You see <laughs> Number them. nine. Number nine, I literally just wrote inflation in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really been like writing down notes so much as I have been just taking screenshots and then like naming them. Yeah, that, that's your style of note taking. I have a really overpriced Molstein that I write in. <laughs> I guess I do also write a little bit into our little word doc here, too, but... Oh, there's a Michael J. Fox reference here, too. It's also uh, in the same panel as the one that I was just talking about earlier. It's like reasons to read the Sonic the Hedgehog comic. Uh, number two, <laughs> Sonic's adventures are soon to be a major motion picture starring Michael J. Fox. <laughs> as Sonic. <laughs> yeah, and it, he's like wearing a <laughs> Sonic costume. He says, no, no, Tails is the fox. I'm a hedgehog. And then he says, hey, it's stuck. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of uh, interesting plot elements that you don't really understand yet are going to be plot elements like uh, you know it uses the rings and chaos emeralds to go into a special zone. Yeah, and that actually becomes a major thing as well as this concept of zones. Interesting. Or like they're explained as like parallel dimensions, dimensions, dimensions. Dimensions. <laughs> like they don't really explain that yet, but essentially think of it as like a parallel dimension like it's equal in some ways like you'll see like that really gets played with later on yeah does sonic die by the way at any point sonic yeah that's a weird question why are you asking that well it just says that the number one reason to uh read sonic the hedgehog the comic is because he won't be dying anytime soon and you should buy multiple copies for that reason <laughs> So I just want to know if they're liars. I want to know if I want to know if they faked me out and if they're actually lying. Uh, and, and if, they, if they die, no. I mean, I mean, if you've kind of seen the hints of the like, oh no, Sonic died. Then he like comes in the next panel. It's like hi, Eric. Like hey, I, that you thought that that thing vored me, but actually I was just ripping out its insides using my spine. I don't know. It kind of sounds like it might be some sort of snarky reference to something else. Maybe another comic. It might be. He is like wearing like a white flag and it looks very dramatic and Sally is crying. It looks like it could be a very easily a reference to something. Yeah, it probably is. I mean, there's a lot of references and let's be honest, we're not true 90s kids. We're both on the ass no. end of a millennial, so. There are some other good references that I didn't write down in the doc. Like there's like a Frankenstein reference where he goes, it's alive, it's alive. It's alive. I hope my health insurance comes. <laughs> yeah, there's a health insurance joke. There's also like a protester joke. <laughs> you see that there, joke? There, there is some political stuff in here that's 
pretty funny. Yeah, well, I mean, Sonic has always been a little bit political because it's always been about saving the environment, and that's always been a very political sort of thing. I like that's a little plot point where they're like protesting outside of Robotnik's uh, headquarters. Yeah, the one where they're protesting outside the headquarters is really funny because uh, it just feels like I don't know, like it came just after, like it feels like the Reagan era, like '90s era, just like with the ban the bomb, no nukes, save our planet. <laughs> Cold War, end of the Cold War. Is that Cold War? I don't know. End of the Cold War, yeah. Is it? Hold on. I don't know how long the Cold War lasted. I don't know when it's officially ended. When did the Cold War if, end? Some people say that the Cold War never 1991. ended. 1991. 1991, baby. That's Which right, when I Sonic mean... came out. I bet Sonic ended the Cold War. Oh my god. You think Thank you, protesting Sonic. protesting outside Robotnik's at headquarters is like, okay, wow. Back, it worked. Wow. Sonic said we should defuse the bomb. <laughs> There's another comic uh, that was in like the prequel uh, thing that was really funny. That was a Boomer comic uh, or a Rotor comic, and and he's like, you know, we we talk a lot about the the fast characters, but what about the slow characters? And, and he's like, my my little buddy, the snail. It's like, hey, I'm not slow. The, the, this other thing is sl slower than me. How about the U.S. mail? That's slower than me. And then the mailman's <laughs> like, look, I just follow my orders to the letter. And then he goes, but if you think I'm slow, then check out the speed of this anti-pollution bill as it goes through Congress. <laughs> now that's slow. <laughs> it's, it's very snarky. Like, that's such a good joke. And it caught me out of the fucking left field. Which I it's think it's a pretty interesting combination of like this like heavy snark that's like, Almost adult humor, like not vulgar, but just kind of adult humor and punchlines yeah, in regards yeah. to politics. But then also there's this very like Saturday morning cartoon-esque vibe to the art style and just the overall narrative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting. I think it definitely makes it interesting for, uh... I mean, I read them when I was a kid and even like rereading them now. I'm like, this is kind of funny. I'm kind of happy to be rereading these. No, I'm not having a bad time. These are really fun. Like every time that like I, I open a new page, I feel like surprised by what I find, even if it like is something very generic at the end of the day or if it's just like some kind of new character being introduced or, or just something weird that like will end up not being important later. It's just kind mm -hmm. of funky and enjoyable and a very of its time. There's a Charles Dickens reference here, too. Did you know that? Oh, read it off to me. Uh, it's uh, all the males about tales segment. Mm -hmm. uh, it says... What does it say? Buddy Mosley of Tucson, Arizona says Tales' ancestor was owned by Charles Dickens. Hmm. It was the best hmm. of times. It was the worst of times. Good start. It's a tale of two cities. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on there. It's uh, wow. At times, I definitely can uh, assume that would be difficult for readers, like kids, to like understand what the hell is happening. Like, like uh, the modern interpretations, like. They'll reference, like, other Sonic media, but it's pretty streamlined. It's pretty easy to, like, just pick up a comic and start reading it. Yeah, yeah. They definitely date themselves a lot with these references. Yeah, and it can make it pretty uh difficult for some people, I'm sure. Like, 
I'm sure if like a 12 year old picked up like these comics and like started reading them, it'd be pretty difficult to understand what's going on and the references and like what's being said exactly. Like, who the f is Moby Dick? <laughs> I don't think any children really Who's know what. Urkel? <laughs> I mean, that's true. I don't, especially now, like, a lot, I don't think any kids watch, fa fa watch that show. Is it Family Matters? Yeah. I, I, don't, <laughs> I hate sitcoms. <laughs> Fair. It's a mood. It's a real mood. Um, there's, like, some plots that happen. Uh, like, we, we mentioned earlier, Sonic's uncle and his dog are captured. They're turned into slaves. Uh, so... Sonic and Sally have to uh, fight to rescue them. I, I should say, like, like robot slaves, so they're, like, mind control. Yeah, they don't really specify uh, background much so far. All we know is that uh, Sally's a princess and her father's captured. They live in a not-whole village, which is a kingdom. We know Sonic has a dog and an uncle. They don't really, like, discuss the rest of his family or what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. there are some, like, a lot of one-off plots, like, different little things, like a salamander gets turned into a robot, or, yeah, actually, you know, a lot of them are really just things, X gets turned into a robot, and then rampages, uh... Chaos ensues. Yeah, chaos ensues. Uh, there's also a couple of, like, homages to other things, like, there's a Christmas Carol bit, where all the characters become Christmas Carol characters, and they reenact that whole bit. Yeah, uh, and, uh, Dr. Robotnik is... Rude. Yeah, which that is really good, and also Sonic is like multiple <laughs> ghosts, which I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny that they just didn't have ghost different ghosts. Ghost of Rad Past, past is past the present, the one where he has the skateboard and the hat. I think I, it's that, ghost of the past. that one was the the ghost of the past, I think, or and it might have been the present. I don't know. And then the present, he was actually just the present. Ghost of the Future, he was in. Like, oh a yeah, he was like yeah. physically a present. Yeah, he was like physically a, like an actual like ro ribbon present. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, there's this really funny part where Sally goes off to like finish her Halloween costume, and uh, oh my god, <laughs> Robotnik just falls in love with Sally because yeah, uh, she's she like accidentally... waving the stick around and like they're kids pretty much, so they're kind of yeah. acting like kids. She's like waving this big old stick around, and like a rock gets blasted up by a geyser, and she's like oh, magic, and like Doctor Robotnik <laughs> is walking by, and he's like oh, magic. <laughs> <laughs> he isn't even walking by. That's the creepy part. He actually just saw it on a video camera from a really far oh, distance yeah, away, yeah. and then he like flew and there he's like, and was like, I "Marry me!" Smash this furry. <laughs> I'm taking you with me. I love you. <laughs> it's just kind of weird because like the ages aren't specific, but like also it's pretty much assumed they're kids. Oh yeah, like, he's a grown ass man. A grown ass. But, like also, smelly, also like, would they man. know that? Would they do? do does Robotnik as a human character understand, like, ages the furry character? I don't know that. I think because they didn't define the ages, I think that they're just skirting around that. I think they're just like, let's just not talk about it. Yeah. Also, in the miniseries, like, all this pretty much gets retconned, but, like, there's, like, man, what if, like, I grew up with Robotnik and, like, my uncle raised a Robotnik? And, like, I grew up with him, and I hated him, and he was my shitty brother. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of things in this comic that are sort of, like, that really just don't make any sense, but you just kind of have to go along with it. Because you know that it's not going to be canon after a while. Everything can be retconned. Everything will be. sometimes they just write for a joke. Yeah. 
I, that's very true. A lot of things like Vert, uh, or sorry, Cal and Al are are just total gag characters where they just show up just basically to mess with Sonic every single time that they're there. Yeah, and they're super specific and weird, and they're also humanoid characters. Yeah, they are humanoids. They're one of the few other humanoids besides Robotnik. And also, apparently, according, I guess it was a, a fake flashback, but there was like a, a, a fake flashback where uh, Robotnik and Sonic like grew up together. And, yeah. And like, I thought that was like really and also cute. And also they say like Uncle Tuck invented the rings, which that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Obviously, like, because as soon as you get in the main line, he's like just stumbles into some rings. Right. It doesn't really make any sense that he would be the one to craft it, unless you're, they're talking about, like, the transportation rings or something. I don't know. But they also talk about that he's, like, an inventor just in general. Like, he made the shoes that Sonic wears, which is part of the reason why he's so fast. Uh, not the reason he's fast. It's more like uh, the shoes that don't wear out. Well, there was a whole thing, uh, a whole... Uh, arc of the comic yeah about the little his... olympic thing where like they steal yeah. his shoes they steal his shoes and then he can't perform in the olympics because he's like these shoes make me weak and bad i need my good shoes that was also the issue that uh, you can see his feet then we see sonic's feet he can swim he can swim in these comics he can swim he can and he does the thing where he swallows an air bubble and breathes i'm sure no child has ever replicated that based off sonic media <laughs> I'm pretty sure most children were too afraid to, to be quite frank with you, because those segments were terrifying. Water levels always suck. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we've kind of mentioned already how they relate to the games. There's, uh, you know, like the parts of the first issue where they just sort of like, turn on your Genesis to, to go into the next part or flip the yeah, page. Yeah, there's this one panel I really like where they like draw a little Genesis controller and he's, and like Sonic's like bouncing around doing his thing and they're like, press the buttons and help Sonic like on the paper. I'm like, yeah. that's so cute. It's so charming. It sort of reminds me a little bit of uh, the interactive comics like uh, I mentioned earlier, the Captain Underpants series. I always love the Flip-O-Ramas. And like that that you could just sort of like have a little tiny animation in there uh, and that's sort of what this felt like of course there wasn't an animation and of course it wasn't interactive but it just sort of felt that way because i could point at the screen and be like oh look there's the buttons it's i could press them. yeah i mean i don't think anyone actually did that i think uh i did but i don't know what the demographic wow <laughs> i don't know what they expect their demographic to be probably kids but also there is that sort of more mature humor in the gag nature of it so yeah i think it's still in the uh they're not sure what their exact demographic is in terms of child age yeah there's also like certain comics that are just about certain games it seems like because there was this whole sonic spinball segment mm -hmm. uh that was actually quite fun uh it was didn't really have any story besides him just like going into an area that was full of lava and then he got burned and then he left after doing some stuff yeah uh, yeah but i don't know I, I i grew up playing sonic spinball in particular and that was one of my favorite games so just to see it like yeah oh we're, we're mentioning sonic spinball in this uh archie the comics series that is going to eventually have a story i grew <laughs> up with weird. the anime where's chris thorndike <laughs> <laughs> and, <then laughs> and then at the end of it they're like Hey kids, if you want more, then write in and mail in, and we'll we'll make more Sonic Spinball segments. Which it just seems like a weird thing to ask kids to do. 
<laughs> well, they did do that in the nineties. Yeah, like uh, you'll start, true. you'll start to see later on. Like they'll include like any art that gets mailed in. They'll like have like a little art segment to show like submitted art by a uh, kid. Yeah, I do like that part. And they, like, they, have, they definitely like, did that in the nineties because like those also yeah. helped them like see like fan reception and like what people want more of. I will say that some of those are really charming. I do like reading through. I don't like read through the entire thing every time, but I will read through a couple of passages just to be like, I wonder what the what the what the fans mailed in and asked this time. And it just feels like such a perfect little capsule of like children from this era, just there's so innocent so, and like. There's so much about this uh, comic series in its initial stages that's so charming and cute. Yeah. For, before my, my the favorite. man, the legend comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god which i can't fully discredit him uh he he is again kind of the reason there is narrative form in this comic series it had to start somewhere but yeah uh is there yeah. anything we didn't cover i'm trying to remember I, th I think there was a thing that i was about to say there but i don't remember and it's not coming back to me so i'll put it in post if i actually care enough no unedited Including Unedited. the weird anti-Semite Jew question. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're keeping it all in. Keeping it all in. <laughs> I, I'm going to Google that to see if I'm the only one who thought that. And then if, I, if I'm not, then I'm going to keep it in. You're, but you're if just I gonna am, have then like I'm, I'm going to get rid of it. A block insert text. And you just put, I'm not the only one. <laughs> I'm the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm not the only one, guys. It was I wasn't the only one. So if you're listening to this, I wasn't the only one. <laughs> He's pretty much the only one who's ever said this, weirdo. Because <laughs> this part will also be taken out if it's... if. <laughs> no, you're keeping it all in. No. <laughs> I, love, I, love when pod, I love when other podcasts, they're like, cut that out, and they don't cut it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, do we have anything else to talk about here? I don't know. I mean, well, how about just your general thoughts? General thoughts? Uh... It's cute. It's charming. If they continued with this for a long time, I could see how uh, the comics wouldn't last that long. There's definitely a lot of success to be had in, it, in, in introducing the man, the legend, and being like, okay, we're going to start like uh, writing our own original narrative. I feel like for how long this is going to go on, it's really hard to... Well, maybe it's not hard to keep it up because there are some gag comics like Osumatsu-san that have been going on for like years, right? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think Osamatsu-kun is a manga series. I think that was only an anime. Was it a TV thing? Oh, I thought that it at least had a. I thought that it was based on like a weekly, basically like a newspaper comic, sort of like uh the American like Peanuts or something. Oh, you're right. Comedy manga series by Fujio Akasaka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't run that long though, only sixty two to sixty nine. But yeah, it's more so it's more so known as like a, an anime of the time, gotcha, like gotcha. like big for uh, formulating a lot of pop culture. I generally equate it to like The Simpsons. Yeah, for yeah, Japan. yeah. And The Simpsons is also a good reference. I feel like for for this series, maybe not perfectly because it's not like you know a TV show, but. Well, let me let me think. What's a good comic book franchise that might actually be a better fit? Hmm. I mean, like maybe Mario. 
I don't know. Mario doesn't really have a comic series, though. Mario is more of like his thing. I guess so. And they like eventually give him a little bit of a personality. Unless you're trying well, to be, you know, the... unless you're trying to equate it to like the live action Mario movie. Hey, Sonic the Hedgehog here. Turns out, Super Mario Adventures is actually a series of comics that ran in Nintendo Power in 1992 that featured Mario and his friends based loosely on Super Mario World. In 2016, Viz Media actually reprinted the entire anthology of Super Mario Adventures. Huh, the more you know. I was thinking about it, just mainly because I was thinking about like the Super Show, and I thought maybe they would have like a, 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 a comic to go along with that, but the more that I think about it, you're right. Like, there really isn't much of a narrative to that has ever developed for Mario. Mario has always stayed very pure and very simple. Whereas Sonic has progressively gotten more and more complicated, I, I bet that's at least. In I, I part think due that's. To this I think comic. that's kind of the unique aspect of Sonic that made it such a yeah. standing icon as a franchise. Even when he, it's not a good story, they at least try for one. <laughs> yeah, there is a narrative that they're attempting. Yeah, yeah, but there's not a lot of nuance in these first couple of issues. It's it's like a Saturday morning cartoon. Breaks the fourth wall. It's occasionally kind of dark in, in the way that these sort of ch early children's media is with its sort of violence uh yeah and it gets political sometimes but... you'll definitely see that go down the f toilet real quick <laughs> yeah you're like mm, there's a little bit of violence in this I'm like hmm <laughs> <laughs> i know that like i've seen one part of the comic that like legitimately terrifies me that we're going to come up to soon that's going to mm -hmm. be like the, the part of the comic where it's like, we have to leave him behind. No. And then like they close the door. It's like a sacrifice. Sonic is no longer his charming self. He had seen war. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. Oh, my God. But so many gags, so many puns. I, I'm having a good time. We're going to do basically a lot of comics for the next one to just catch up to good old ken yeah so uh you listeners at home if you uh want to join along with us on the experience we read uh the mini series which is four little mini comics for this and then we read uh volumes or issues one through ten of the archie comics and then uh for next episode we're going to be doing issues 11 through 40 yeah which, that's like, what, 30 issues? That'll be a lot of fun. A lot of good stuff to cover. Yeah, and like, I specifically cut it off at 40 because, uh, you know, you wanna, uh, let's just say, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that um, if, I, if I understand correctly, that we're going to get our first narrative arc just before uh, the start of Endgame, like the last before sort of... Before the alleged famous uh, story arc called Endgame. But like yes. it's still building up. I wanted to like try to get uh as close as possible to the introduction of uh specific writer, the man, the legend. Wonder Which who I he love is. That he, <laughs> I love that he called his segment Endgame at the very beginning of the franchise. That's like so fing like like to me, like Marvel calling them themselves their that their movie. Now you didn't Endgame. spoil yourself on what happens in Endgame, did you? No, no, I know nothing. But I feel Perfect. like anything. Let's just anything... say. Let's just say. Uh, you named it Endgame for a reason. Uh, there's some bold choices that occur. <laughs> I can't wait. But it's just like I feel like they always call it Endgame, and then they're just like, uh, actually, it's not the end. We have to continue this for at least like a hundred more years. We're reincarnating Superman for the ninetieth time. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
we're reincarnating Superman. Uh, also, uh, Spider-Man is and Iron Man are not dead or whatever. They come back. Everybody comes back. Of course they come back. They have movies that are coming out. Have you seen mm-hmm. the Black Panther movie schedule? It's coming out. He's not dead. <laughs> you know? That's kind of how the end game feels to me. But I'm also very excited because I feel like it's going to be a, a big turn. So yeah, we're going to do issues uh, 1 through 40 next time. Uh, doubt we're going to do really any other media yet. We might introduce that in a bit. But, you know, we're going to yeah. get back into it. We're going to get him past the gag era into a... Starting to see some other things, and uh, we're going to see one of my favorite characters. Uh, they're pretty... God, I, I don't even know if like anyone else will know this character, but like, uh, <laughs> let's just say, unlike Sonic, he don't chuckle. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, boy. Oh, man. So... I guess that's it for this one. Before we go, uh, we should probably shout out our like our socials and links and things. Yeah. Uh, uh, so... In post, in post, back to slap up our socials. Make sure mine is first and slightly larger. Bam. <laughs> Bam. Bam. Perfect. Socials. Perfect. Uh, we have a, a podcast that is also a Twitter account and Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. So. Podcast Sonic at Podcast, at Podcast Sonic. Sonic. If you follow him, uh, he will let you know all about our podcast. He's our third member of the podcast. Yeah, he uh, he's here for us. Yeah, he wants he, he, he wants everyone to know his legacy. Yeah, he, he he's he's gonna be uh, sharing all of our marketing and helping us out with uh, the editing as well. Uh, he's a he's a really good friend of ours. They keep me here against my will. But yeah, and then uh, Bax himself has another podcast, the Bundle Bourgeoisie. Oh yeah, I guess I can rep that now, huh? Uh, yeah. yeah, the Bundle Bourgeoisie. And, uh, I do that. You've been <laughs> known to uh, delve into some Sanic. Sanic. Uh, I am playing Sonic Forces right now on my stream at Twitch.tv/backstab. So if you want to come and check out some of that, also Evie has requested me to play Shadow the Hedgehog. So if you'd like to see me play that as well, I'm going to have to go into a uh, used game store and pick that one up. <laughs> Special for EB. If I, if I don't get agitated and just mail it to you. <laughs> <laughs> you just get, like, stressed out and you're just like, play it, play and it, play it. And also it's uh, confirmed he's got to play Sonic 06 soon. Oh, no. When he reaches uh, the sub you... goal, he's got to play Sonic 06. Is it the 100 sub goal? Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Okay. Listen, listen, I'm not a total sadist. Uh, you ain't got a 100% the game, man. Yeah, that's what I'm happy about. I am. If I did, then I would I would be very angry. <laughs> yeah, one, one playthrough, though, I can do. I've never actually played the game, so I feel like it'll be a worthwhile experience. Oh for my me as god, a Sonic dude, fan. it's a experience. Especially because, from what I understand, it was your first. My first Sonic game, yeah. Which, what a game to start. It's, I, I'm, I'm a, it's a wonder that you're a Sonic fan today. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know if I'd call myself a fan, okay? <laughs> you're starting a podcast about Sonic. You're, you're starting, a fan. starting a podcast. I actually hate the franchise. <laughs> oh, yeah, we never talked about our Sonic the Hedgehog OCs. Yeah, slap those up, Bax. Yeah. Slap them up right now. Right. Mine is a bear. And, and uh, uh, you'll see mine. Yeah. It'll, it's on well, screen right now. 
Well, it, on the YouTube version. If it, for all the other platforms. For audio listeners, to, uh, uh, imagine. Should, imagine, yeah. if you will. <laughs> imagine. Imagine. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. It's been great. This is the real sign-off now. We'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. This is so exciting. A new project. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much to Carl Brueggemann of the Super Mercado Bros podcast for allowing us to use his original music from Sonic Ask Volume 1. Really appreciate it. There's a link in the description to both his music and his podcast. Love you, Carl. I, you know, honey is great for the, the throat, which is why I put it in there also. Yeah, we could also get that black licorice deep throat tea. Like, numbs oh, the wow. back of your throat. <laughs> that sounds dope. What? It tastes disgusting, but like... If you ever need to take a large phallic object right to the back of your throat, I'm sure it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> okay, bye.